in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Thursday morning to you, June 22nd, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us as we've entered the summer season. So uh, how'd you sleep last night, given it was the longest day of the year? What did we have? Something like 16 hours of daylight, I believe, or close to it. I actually slept wonderfully well. Look, if you have trouble sleeping right now, I've just one tip for you. Yes. Room darkening shears. Yeah. That's what you should have in your bedroom. I'm not sure why it took us so long to put those in the bedrooms in our second story. We all sleep pretty well because we have to darken the room. But, you know, we go to bed early, David. You, you know, here we got to be here early. I have to leave my house a little earlier because I got to get across the river. So I went right to bed by nine o'clock. Sun was still in the sky. Oh, I know. Yeah. (laughs) I know. It didn't set until 9.03 or something like that. Something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So... The good news is, I guess, is the days are only getting shorter now. That, that's a, that's the good part about summer, and then kind of the little sad part about it is that it is. it's downhill from here. It always kind of surprises me to say that, because it doesn't seem like that should be the case, because we're just starting summer, yet the days are now going to start to get shorter as we've we reached the summer solstice, which is the peak. But that's the way it goes, so... It's only going to get darker. It takes it takes a long time. We it got a, we got well, a long a long way of nighttime lightness. Six more months, actually. Yeah, we go six months of it getting darker until it begins to get lighter again. But what, what, what's amazing to me, though, is when you think about this. So I just mentioned that you know sunset is after nine p.m. By the time you get to the winter solstice, it's like 4 o'clock. Exactly. And the sun doesn't come up until about 7.30. What a swing. So just as a point of reference, you know, people are always debating whether or not we should stay permanently on daylight saving time or on standard time. Now, those who push for the daylight savings time use this as the example. So today... If we stayed on standard time, yeah. the sun would be coming up at 4.20 rather than 5.20 where it is now. All right. It'll set at 8 o'clock yes. rather than 9 o'clock right now. Okay. So that's the difference. Do you want the sun coming up at 4.30 in the morning or do you want to go to bed with it still being a little twilight and uh, having to use your room... Uh, darkening shears. Right. So I believe the standard time quote is how God intended it to be. I believe so. That's right. <laughs> I still have a hard time waking up at 430 when the alarm goes yeah. off. You're talking about darkened shades uh-huh. to darken your room. We don't have that in our bedroom, but you know what we do have? What? An old black tablecloth that we can tack you up You just tack over it the up window. there in the, in the summertime, <laughs> That's huh? right. Just, it looks lovely. That, that'll work too, it I does suppose. Work. It does work. No, we don't leave it there all the time. No. But on the on the days that I really want it dark in, like the weekends when I don't want to get up, then I'll I'll put that up this time of year. Yeah. Okay. That's just good that's, to that's just a point of reference. That's what we're dealing with. I think people in the southern region of the country, the it, it they don't have quite that extreme the way we do here, right. where 
it uh, can stay light so long in the summertime and dark in the mornings during the winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're dealing with. And I think you think about those living up in a in the northern northern regions of Alaska. Oh, yeah. I don't think the sun goes down for a month. Yeah, that that see that would be interesting living in Alaska, the North Country. Yes. To be where the sun never sets and just all night long it's just you could be outside for the most part doing right. whatever. And I, I don't know if their lifestyles are different because of that. I think they. Uh, the only reference I have is one time uh, the Good Deacon was part of his work with Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, had to get on a little remote plane to take him to a fishing village that he was working with yeah. the native community up there. And he said, sure enough, it was like 1030 at night. The sun was in the sky and the kids were just all running yeah. around. Sure. They just, uh, their lifestyle adjusts to it. I don't know if that means they sleep later or take little naps during the day, but he said life was pretty active because the sun was still in the sky. There was a pretty fun TV show back in the day, not that long ago, Northern Exposure. You remember okay. that show? I do remember yeah. that. Did they ever talk about the they long did. I, they days? did. They had an episode that was about the sun going not going down. It was pretty fun. But anyway, nice. I think about that. And we show. need to experience for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you have going on today? Well, David, she was the only visionary at Fatima who was able to hear the voice of the Virgin Mary. Now, well, she's one step closer to sainthood. It's a real exciting proclamation from the Vatican. Well, big deal for Oregonians. Don't know if you saw this. Oh, welcome to the real world, That's people. That's right. Pumping your own gas. We'll have the story coming up. Oh, we got a great show ahead for you on this Thursday morning. Here is Audrey Assad and Deliverer. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
is Audrey Assad and Deliverer. It is 7-Eleven at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend, Mater Day Radio. Thanks for joining us today. So we're going to touch base with St. John Society, Father Ignacio at St. Michael's Church, downtown Portland. What are you guys talking about this There morning? is an upcoming symposium on the new evangelization. Sounds really exciting. All right. You're going to hear about that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey, for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Say yes to God and celebrate life with Mater Dei Radio and the Hail Mary Media app. We're uniting with the Archdiocese of Portland and praying a new Celebrate Life Novena leading up to a Celebrate Life Mass with Archbishop Alexander Sample on Sunday, June 25th at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. A Rosary for Life will be prayed before Mass and the Christ the King Children's Choir will sing. Inspire a culture of life with the new Celebrate Life Novena, available online at materdayradio.com and on the Hail Mary Media app. Each day contains a stirring reflection to help you become what Pope St. John Paul II called a genuine witness who embodies a culture of life through obedience to God's plan and support of families. Say yes to God and join us in this special novena prayer now on the Hail Mary Media app and Matrade Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Seven fourteen at Mater Day Radio. So you were either sharpening a pencil or changing a tire in the back room. I, yeah, I had to sharpen my pencil. I heard that. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if you were sharpening a pencil, or you know how it sounds like the little air gun when they take the lug nuts off. It sounded really? like that too. So oh, this is a yeah industrial pencil yes, sharpener. I figured that. I, I don't think you were changing a tire up here. So 
Sunny skies today. Going to be warm today. 88 degrees, your high. Mostly clear overnight tonight. Low of 58. Then tomorrow, kind of interesting. Going to be 83 degrees, but chance maybe a thunder shower yeah. rolls over in the afternoon and evening. So have to watch for that. Saturday looks great. Mostly sunny, 78. Currently, it is already 60 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 57 degrees at Holy Rosary Church in Portland. Cardinal Cantala Mesa has called this moment in the church history of evangelization the age of the laity. The St. John Society invites us to its annual St. John Henry Newman Symposium on the topic, the laity and the new evangelization. Now, speakers will be Dr. Matthew Cooner and Father Lucas. This symposium is also a capstone event for the certificate in the new evangelization as they celebrate their first cohort of graduates from this program. Joining me this morning to tell us more about it is Father Ignacio Lorente and Michael Sergioli. Father Ignacio is a member of the St. John Society, an apostolic life dedicated to the new evangelization. And Michael, he's currently serving as the program director for the Certificate in Evangelization program at St. Bernard's School of Theology and Ministry. They are both joining me today to tell us more about this wonderful event. Good morning, Father Ignacio and Michael. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. Good to be here. Father Ignacio, I'd love to ask you this. We have been hearing so much the new evangelization and what it's called for the laity. This effort of the new evangelization, I think now when it says, as I did in my introduction, it is the time for the laity to step and bring this forward to a world so in need. What is our response? I I should say first, what is the call of the laity in the new evangelization, and what should our response be? Thank you, Brenda. That's the question we're going to try to answer in the symposium. But um, in short, Jesus speaks of being salt and light. I think one of the benefits of a lay person is that they are in the world and they have access to so many people that maybe a priest or a monk um, doesn't have. So this call to be salt and light to testify both with the witness of life and with the ex- explicit testimony to their faith in Jesus is a very crucial and, and essential aspect of the new evangelization. So that's what we're going to try to develop in the symposium, how both the scriptures and especially the magisterium since Vatican II have emphasized and highlighted the role of a lady in the work of mission. Michael, you've heard this call and have taken hold of it and just really worked together to help this this partnership between St. John's Society and St. Bernard's School of Theology and Ministry. Let our listeners know a little bit about this partnership and what is the Certificate in Evangelization program? Sure, yeah. So the program came about, um, you know, two years back, and uh, we were starting from within the St. John's Society and uh, looking for a partner to help develop a higher level of uh, formation. I mean, at St. Michael's, we had a lot of talks going, our Theology Night series, and a whole number uh, of events to help people to think with the mind of the Church, so to speak. Uh, But we were getting, you know, requests and and felt the need to step it up in terms of uh, offering an academic program. 
Um, and very much the approach of the St. John's Society has always been about uh, the formation of, of the mind, the renewal of the mind in Christ, something John Henry Newman uh, has always been adamant about, you know, um, allowing people to really uh, come to embrace the, the teachings of the church, but also think critically about their vocation in the world. So we uh, uh, sort of went uh, looking for, for a partner, and St. Bernard's ended up being uh, both available, and uh, we found really a, a kind of a charismatic connection with them um, in terms of the luminosity of, of witness over there in Rochester, and the same sort of approaches and emphases. Uh, so really, the match has only you know proven to be more perfect in that respect as we come to learn more about that institution. And now, of course, I'm administering the program, working actually directly for St. Bernard's, but very much you know mediating uh, uh, between these two networks. And it's been beautiful, of course, because they're you know out there on the and the tip of the East Coast and in Rochester, and here we are uh, you know all the way across the country. And so we'll have for this upcoming symposium that we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Dr. Matthew Cooner and uh, Stephen Lachlan, the president and vice president of the school, will come out and present uh, about a, a little bit of what they're attempting to do there in terms of lay education and lay formation as well. So we're excited about the partnership and we see, um, you know, uh, more development ahead in that direction. Well, you can learn more about the symposium if you were to attend. Father Ignacio is with the St. John Society and again, an apostolic life dedicated to the new evangelization. Father Ignacio, for somebody who might be listening, who have been reading and developing this, just really a call and a just a way of being to dedicate themselves to the new evangelization how can this certificate program really equip them with the knowledge and maybe even inspiration and life in Christ that will allow them to do what into the future? What does this certificate allow people to bring forward to the church today? Well, the certificate um, is designed especially for a lay person who lives in the world and maybe wants to have a deeper understanding of their faith. So the courses somehow have all of them kind of a missionary emphasis. So the first course, for example, is called Missionary Church. So we develop the theological foundations for the work of the new evangelization, uh, combined with some practical aspects. We have another course on what is the charisma, how to announce the charisma, one on Christology, one on Christian anthropology, so it's basically six courses. There's a website where you can find the main content of each course. But I think uh, one of the things that the, the, the certificate does, it allows the, the person who's taking the courses, one, have like a deeper, um, yeah, theological foundation to their the faith, the understanding of their faith. And, and two, they begin to realize both the importance, the why of the new evangelization, and somehow the how as well. Um, it's obviously like a theological explanation. Also, we try to go in, in depth and, and more kind of into the rational and intellectual foundation of the new evangelization. 
And then, Father, the people that are graduating at this weekend, this is the call of the church. Now that they have this certificate, now what do they do with it? Are they prepared then to go work in uh, schools or parishes in evangelization programs? Or is this more designed for people who were out living in the world and they can use this certificate to just empower themselves to meet people where they are and evangelize evangelize them just in everyday meetings or occurrences and interactions? Yeah, that's a good question. I I will say more the second option, like um, we have 28 students graduating. It's the first cohort. And most of them, they get to empower their mission as a layperson in the world. But some of them are already working in the church. So we hope that this classes they take, they took, somehow will enhance their mission in the church. Father Ignacio Lorente is joining me today, along with Michael Sergioli. We are talking about the new evangelization and an exciting opportunity that they are inviting you to join in this journey. Father Ignacio and Michael, I've really enjoyed our conversation. There is more I want to talk to you about, especially the specifics about what people are learning in this new program. I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? Sure, yeah. And it is 724 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Thursday. Don't forget, if you haven't done so yet, please download our free Hail Mary media app. It is loaded with information, access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio. You can even sign up for customized prayer reminders. That is Mater Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. All the details on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Francis Speaks from the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows. God's Seal. The Lord was pleased to endorse and confirm the teaching and rule of St. Francis, not only by miraculous signs, but also by the marks of his own stigmata, so that no true believer could possibly question them on external or internal evidence. And in his goodness, God was pleased to affix his own seal to the rule and teaching of St. Francis, who would never have presumed to teach or write anything other than what he received from the Lord. And he himself testifies, it was God who revealed to him the entire rule. A reflection from Through the Year with Francis of Assisi by Father Murray Bodo. Learn more at olpretreat.org. That's olpretreat.org. Hi, everyone. This is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. 
It's on the go. Available on your favorite podcast platform or Matraday Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. Want an eye-opener in the morning without the caffeine? It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. It is 727 at Mater Day Radio, and time is running out on a missing sub. We'll have the latest for you in the news. And she was the only visionary at Fatima who heard the voice of Mary, and now she is just a step closer to sainthood. I have the story of St. Lucia coming up in three minutes. Here is Chris Bray in the name. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. We gather in your name. We've come your Lord to pray. Oh, feed us, feed us. God, we know you seek us. Conform us to your way Won't you set us on fire Bray and in the name. 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
In your news this morning, Pope Francis has advanced the sainthood cause of Sister Lucia dos Santos, the eldest child to witness the Fatima apparitions. In a decree signed on June 22nd, the Pope recognized Lucia's heroic virtue and declared her venerable. The church will now need to approve a miracle attributed to her intercession before she can be beatified. Pope Francis already canonized the two other Fatima visionaries, Jacinto and Francisco Marto, in 2017. The two shepherd children who died at 10 and 11, respectively, are the oldest, the youngest non-martyred saints in church history. Lucia, who was 10 years old at the time of the 1917 Marian apparitions, outlived the other visionaries by decades, surviving until the age of 97. As the only Fatima visionary who was able to hear the Virgin Mary speak during the series of apparitions at Fatima, her written memoirs have provided an important account of the Fatima message. Lucia's canonization caused to open in 2008, three years after her death, after Pope Benedict XVI granted a dispensation for the usually required five-year waiting period. The Pope also recognized the heroic virtue of four other servants of God, including Mother Mary Lang, who immigrated to the United States from Cuba and founded the first African-American religious congregation. Well, the search for the missing submersible on an expedition to view the wreckage of the Titanic passed the critical 96-hour mark this morning when breathable air could have run out. The Titan submersible was estimated to have about a four-day supply of breathable air when it launched Sunday morning in the North Atlantic, but experts have emphasized that was an imprecise approximation to begin with and could be extended if the five passengers on board have taken measures to conserve breathable air, and it's not known if they survive since the sub's disappearance. Rescue efforts do continue, though. The U.S. Coast Guard said an undersea robot sent by a Canadian ship had reached the sea floor, while a French research institute said a deep diving robot with cameras, lights, and arms also joined the operation. On Saturday, June 24th, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., several pro-life organizations will be leading a National Celebrate Life Day rally to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Now, Roe v. Wade was the 1973 landmark court decision that legalized abortion nationwide, but was overturned on June 24, 2022, by the Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization decision. The rally is set to take place from 10.30 a.m. till noon. There will be a ticketed gala at 7 o'clock at the nearby Renaissance Hotel. Former Vice President and current presidential candidate Mike Pence will be speaking at the rally. Sean Carney of 40 Days for Life told Catholic News Agency in early June that the rally is a significant event for Catholics because Roe v. Wade was overturned on the Feast of the Sacred Heart in 2022. Well, it's been a long time coming, but on Wednesday, Oregon lawmakers voted to end the prohibition on self-serve gas in the state. The regulation has been in place since 1951. House Bill 2426, approved by the Senate yesterday, would require gas stations to staff at least 
half of their open pumps for people who want assistance, but it would allow other pumps to be open for service. Now, stations are prohibited from charging different prices at self-serve and attended pumps. The bill, which passed the House in March, now goes to Governor Tina Kotek to be signed into law. It would take effect immediately once signed. The legislation would end Oregon's long run as one of two states that require attendance to pump gas, the other being... New Jersey. Okay. Congratulations, New Jersey. You are the hold on. You're number one. You're number one now. So in 2015, the state legalized self-serve gas at night in some rural and coastal Oregon counties. In 2017, it expanded that rule to all rural counties. So it's been in place in some areas of Oregon. And now it's just going to, I guess, if the governor signs it. There you go. Okay. Uh, Teenagers across the state will now have to make an extra trip with their mothers to go to the gas station so they can get out and pump her gas (laughs) for her. Particularly when the winter rolls around. (laughs) Exactly. A small earthquake was recorded in Vancouver Lake, about six miles north of Vancouver. USGS reported a magnitude... 2.6 earthquake in Vancouver Lake in southwest Washington on Wednesday afternoon. The small earthquake happened around 2.01 p.m. It had a record depth of about six miles. Vancouver Lake, about six miles northwest of Vancouver. And on the USGS web page for the quake, three people had reported they felt it. Yeah. Uh, A 2.6, though... Uh, you might have just mistaken it for a big truck going yeah, by the road. Could be. Although it would be interesting if you knew exactly when it was going to happen. If there was like a little ripple on ripple the water. Ripple across the water. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Huh. It seems possible. Yeah, you know now. Uh, sports, so many eyes will be on the Portland Trailblazers today as the team prepares for the NBA draft that gets started at 5 p.m., Televised on ABC tonight. Blazers have, do you remember which pick they have? Three. Number third. Yeah, that's right. Third pick overall. So the question is, what will Portland do with the high pick? Now, they could trade it for more veteran players or take what's behind door number three. (laughs) What would you do? Uh, Yeah, it would be like an old beat-up truck. I think we've done that pick before. Yeah, so, yeah, who knows? (laughs) You could come right up to the point of when they're going to select it, and then the NBA commissioner comes up and will say, the Portland Trailblazers have elected to trade that pick. So, I don't know. Do you trade it for more veteran players, somebody to help Damian Lillard? Yes. Uh, Okay. Yes, that's what you would that's do. That's what I would do. All right. I think we need somebody uh, here and now for the next season right. because we, we've we been relying on, on Damien yeah. for a he lot. Did, yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, if we've got to build somebody, uh, a player up over the next few years, the talent that Damien has given us now may start to wane. Okay, so stay that would be tuned. My, that would be my opinion. Thank you, Brenda. That's <laughs> great to know. I'll let the, I'll let the Trailblazer <laughs> let the, front office know. <laughs> And I'm sure they will uh, they'll listen, they'll to, listen me. to that for sure. You know who has the top pick? Uh, I do not. That would be the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. And an even bigger bonus question for you. Do you know who they're uh, expected to select? Uh, no. That would be French phenom Victor Wembenyama. What? Yes. Everybody uh, has been watching him. So, the draft, uh, they're not drafting from colleges, or is this a college No, you can player? take whoever you want. No, he's a European player, so been playing, I think, well, overseas. Why, okay. Uh, he's a great player, so that's... They can't just sign him, give him a lot of money and uh, sign I, well, him? I don't know the details. 
Talk, okay. talk to the Spurs, would okay. you please? Obviously, don't listen <laughs> yes. to me either on the pick because yeah. I obviously don't know a lot about anything there. Charlotte has the second pick, then followed by Portland. Last night, Providence Park, Portland Timbers fell to the Chicago Fire 2-1. to one. Timbers host New York FC Saturday night. Do you remember when the phrase, what would Jesus do, was so popular? That would be, didn't they have the bracelets, WWJD? Exactly. WWJD. In yeah. fact, it was uh, like one of those rubber bla- yeah, bracelets right, yeah. that would remind you printed on them. The way it is phrased, though, makes it sound like Jesus is simply a historical figure or somehow removed from our situation who we recall when we try to make a moral decision. It is the equivalent of asking What would Abraham Lincoln do in this Mm -hmm. situation, right? Well, Luke Brown at CatholicLink.org says the reality is that Jesus is not restricted to history or somehow removed from us, but is present in every moment of our lives. At Pentecost, Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit always and guiding us towards heaven constantly. So a better way to phrase it maybe is Jesus what? are you doing Mm. when we are faced with a difficult decision? Where is Jesus in our heart at that moment when suffering is present? Where is Jesus in the midst of that suffering? These different worded phrase, Jesus, what are you doing? Has the language of turning to God and being mindful of his presence in our daily lives. So being mindful of God's presence helps us to keep our identity centered as a beloved child of God. So consider reflecting on this different phrasing in your prayer life and see if it helps you to remember that the Holy Spirit is present in every moment of the day. So what would Jesus do? What was the other way to say it? What? Jesus, what are you doing? So I'm trying to think of the acronym for that now. J-W-A-D. Okay. There you go. That's the new one. That's the new one. Thank you. (laughs) J-W-A-D. Okay. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Saturday at 9 a.m. is the 2023 Northwest Pro-Life Conference in Tacoma, offering speakers, workshops, and exhibits on the conference organizers. They say, we want all pro-life people of all denominations, religions, political views, and areas of the movement to be involved. You can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. And Brenda continues her interview with Father Ignacio right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Please join Modern Day Radio and the Archdiocese of Portland Office of Vocations as we unite in prayer with all young men and women to know their vocation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have created me to know, love, and serve you. I know there are many ways in life to fulfill this calling, but of them all, there is one way, especially for me, by which I will become a saint. 
Help me to desire what you desire for me. And I pray that you send the Holy Spirit into my mind, heart, and soul, so that I will have the courage to follow you in all things. Mary, my mother, help me to say yes to God's will as you did. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, help me to love as you love. If it is your will that I am called to serve you as a priest or consecrated person, give me the grace and strength to follow you with joy to the end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 744 and Mater Day Radio. So you know whose feast days it is today? Oh, I do. We just double-checked the calendar. Yeah. It's a two-for-one special. That's right. St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher together. And <laughs> right here in Southwest Portland together, my parish, St. John Fisher. So always Lovely. love it. Yes. So with that said, here's your weather. Sunny today. High of... Going to be warm today. 88 degrees. Mostly clear overnight tonight, low of 58, and then sunny, slight chance of a thunderstorm tomorrow. Still kind of warm, though, 83 degrees, your high. Currently, it is 61 degrees at St. John Fisher Catholic Church here in Portland. And 57 degrees at St. Thomas More Newman Center in Eugene. And I am back with Father Ignacio Lorente and Michael Sergioli. Father Ignacio is a member of the St. John Society at beautiful St. Michael's Church here in Portland, where they serve such a broad range of the community, but really have a very active and vibrant evangelization program. Michael is currently the program director for their Certificate in Evangelization program, great partnership that they have with St. Bernard's School of Theology and Ministry. Michael and Father Ignacio, thank you so much for staying with me this morning. Thank you, Brenda. Michael, in our first half hour, we talked about this capstone uh, event, this capstone weekend that people will be attending. They will be at the Old River Pastoral Center, a great place that you have set up so that way people can meet in a wonderful place here in West Lynn. Can I tell our listeners a little bit more about this weekend and who will be in attendance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the theme is uh, the role of the laity in the new evangelization. Um, And the idea is that for each year of the certificate program, uh, since we do offer it online, and and there are people uh, predominantly from the Oregon area, but we do have people out on the East Coast. So we want to do our best to have an opportunity to bring everyone together. And in devising the theme for this year, especially in light of the fact that we have our first cohort graduating, we wanted to find a very centered theme, right? So um, speaking particularly about 
you know, what the laity are, are, are doing in their work of evangelization. We wanted to draw both on the wisdom of the speakers who we have and also on what people have gained in their first couple of years in the program. So not only will we have um, Father Lucas, who will come and provide uh, sort of a summary of the St. John Society vision of the laity, which, of course, will be drawn from documents of the Second Vatican Council and also in large part the thought of John Henry Newman. Um, then Matthew Cooner will give us a bit of a theological synthesis uh, since he wrote his dis- dissertation on uh, the, the, the sort of uh, mission in the church uh, with a special attribution to, to the mission of the laity. Um, and meanwhile, we, we, we want to ask the group that we have to kind of bring out what are, what, what are say, the, the five principles um, that you've discovered in your time in this program uh, that really enliven your sense of being a missionary disciple in the world. So it's kind of, uh, you know, pooling the wisdom of, of, of each of these groups, uh, both from, you know, Matthew Cooner, who's a lay theologian, and, of course, Father Lucas as a representative of the St. John Society, and the people who have, uh, you know, benefited and grown from, from their work in the program. So we'll have that, that dimension to it, but we also want to invite, and we'll certainly have people who have not uh, yet been a part of the program, whether it be prospective students uh, or friends of the St. John Society, John Society or friends and family of those who have been a part of the program. Uh, we want to have, have an opportunity for them to learn more about the program and also, you know, uh, maybe gain some theological illumination in the, in the process. So that's the idea. It will have a bit of a celebratory atmosphere as, as well as an educational bent as well. Father Ignacio, so much of your work is to develop programs for the new evangelization through the St. John's Society. And from that has sprung forth wonderful ideas that are available to everyone to learn more. You've written them these down along with Michael in a new book called Sent Forth. Tell our listeners a little bit about how you developed everything that you put into this book and how you and Michael came to have it published now available for so many people. Yeah, the 10 Fourth somehow is both like uh, the fruit of the missionary experience with the Ascension Society and the vision for mission that we share uh, in with the other priests of the Ascension Society, but also from the, the first course of the certificate is called the Missionary Church. So we taught that course two years ago, and out of that course, the idea came of why don't we develop somehow a handbook that will summarize the main ideas of this course. And somehow that's how the, the idea of the book came forth. And basically the book seeks to be like a theological foundation for for the new evangelization combined with spirituality and some practical applications. So we basically go through the different ways that a lay person can develop in order to become a, a missionary person in the church and in the world. Oh, that's perfect. And as we remind everyone, that layperson, that's all of us who are in the pews every Sunday. And this is a great opportunity for you to learn more about the Certificate in Evangelization and also find a book sent forth. Michael, for those who are listening and they go, well, okay, I I think I'm understanding this. Hmm. 
And the Certificate in Evangelization program is a two-year program. So remind our listeners, maybe they didn't hear in our first half hour, what exactly are they learning through this process and how are the classes taught to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, part, part of the thought in um, you know having a particular focus on evangelization uh, is, well, in the first place, we wanted to provide, like I mentioned at the outset, a deeper level of theological formation, you know, kind of a more rigorous program than might otherwise be available. But in focusing on evangelization, um, you know, knowing a lot of the parishioners who have come into the program from the beginning, we recognize that there's, uh, you know, a bit of a fire in people's hearts, and we keep hearing these kinds of questions um, and predicaments, frankly, in terms of how to bring Christ into the world, whether it be um, with situations in their family or their workplace or what have you. So we feel like evangelization one is the charism of the St. John Society, um, what they're especially gifted to teach. And it also, you know, meets the needs and and desires of of people in these communities. So that's what we like about some of the dynamism of the program, because we'll have um, a series of lectures for each course, but also discussion groups uh, where people can break down and we like to, you know, in our discussion group questions, uh, marry the, the head and the heart in, in, in terms of the kinds of responses and the kinds of conversations we're seeking to cultivate, both to have some substantial content, you know, that may be drawn from the teachings of, say, our past three popes, um, as well as uh, documents of the Second Vatican Council and directly from Scripture and great theologians and everything else, um, but also just an opportunity to reflect on people uh, who are coming from a similar position or may be able to shed light on what's going on in your life and how you're approaching questions of evangelization. So we, we think that's kind of, you know, one of the unique aspects of it is it comes from this source of strength of desire for people who are joining, and then it gives a platform and a, and, and a set of conversation partners to explore these things in a deeper way. I should mention that uh, the information about the certificate and the symposium, you can find them both in the website of St. Michael's. Program section, you will find the certificate information. In the event section of the St. Michael's website, you will find the registration and information for the symposium. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. I encourage our listeners to check it out. Well, that is some of what you will be able to involve yourself in if you dived a little bit deeper in this partnership certificate program with the St. John Society, a certificate in evangelization. Wow, it is just an incredible program, so in-depth and a wonderful partnership with St. Bernard's. And we just really thank you for bringing this forward and all of the work, Michael. It is great to talk with you again. Father Ignacio, thank you for your time. Before we go today, will you end us in a prayer and your blessing? Okay, thank you, Brenda, for your time. And let us end in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your blessing upon all those who are listening the Holy Spirit may renew in them a sense of hope and a sense of faith so that we can announce how good God is to this world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
And again, that is Father Ignacio Lorente and Michael Sergioli. I will be sure to add information where you can find out about the weekend event, the certificate program, and also where you can find the books sent forth by Father Ignacio and Michael. I'll include all of those links in the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. You know, we have so many wonderful programs on Mater Day Radio. If you go to our programming page, you can click on the programming schedule and see everything that we have here on Mater Day Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Tomorrow, it's your show, View from the Pew. 730. Oh, right. we have such a great time every week recording. Yeah. Just one of the great shows that we have here on Mater Day Radio. You can learn more and print off a schedule for yourself on our website, materdayradio.com, or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, the FTC is suing Amazon. We'll have the details for you coming up. And an iconic Oregon Coast lighthouse damaged by vandals. It's really sad to see, but officials have very clear pictures. The people who did it, they just need help identifying them. I have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Today we celebrate the feast of St. John Fisher, a martyr and a man of great intelligence. John was born in 1469 in Yorkshire, England. He was educated close to home and then as a teenager went to Cambridge where he received a bachelor's degree in arts and continued to a higher degree. He was very bright and was soon qualified for priestly ordination. In 1491, he received a special permission to become a priest even though he was not the right age. John excelled 
hailed as both priest and scholar, and everyone who knew him had a great opinion of him. Though very progressive in his efforts to improve the quality of education, he was also steadfast in Catholic tradition. He advanced quickly in both offices. By 1505, he was ordained a bishop and also made the chancellor of the University of Cambridge. He was a famed speaker at this point and was selected to preach at the funeral for King Henry VII. While it might have seemed like a high point in John's life on the surface, this event proved to be the beginning of the end. As many will be aware, Henry VII was succeeded by Henry VIII, who dragged England into a bloody reformation that saw countless Catholics persecuted. When Henry VIII initially tried to render his marriage to his first wife null and void, John fearlessly opposed him. He spoke in court on behalf of Catherine of Aragon and the sacrament of marriage, which he plainly stated he would die defending. Those present were shocked that he would make an enemy of the king. However, King Henry's methods only became more extreme. He passed edict after edict in an effort to separate England from the Roman Catholic Church so he could do as he pleased. John continued to speak out against the king's actions and his opposition would not go unnoticed. In 1533, Henry passed the first succession act, trying to force everyone in England to officially approve his actions and swear loyalty to him. John refused point blank and was promptly jailed in the Tower of London. He remained a prisoner for more than a year, during which time several attempts were made to convince him to accept the king's edicts. John, of course, would not be swayed. In 1535, the new Pope, Paul III, officially gave the imprisoned John the position of cardinal. The Pope was hopeful that this title would dissuade King Henry from treating John harshly. Though things didn't work out that way, the king was only further enraged by this gesture and was no longer interested in keeping the new cardinal alive. John was tried, found guilty of treason, and the date of his execution was set. He faced his death in perfect calm, and after his body was displayed to the public, it was collected and buried alongside St. Thomas More, who had also martyred himself for the same cause. In John Fisher, we see an accomplished man, renowned in the scholarly world, who readily sacrificed everything in order to speak out for his faith. But it wasn't that he had no attachment to his students or his position. It was that his faith was inextricably linked to those parts of him. In giving up his life, he wasn't just surrendering his way of life, but rather he was defending it. St. John Fisher, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. Pope Francis has advanced the sainthood cause of Mother Mary Elizabeth Lang, a black religious sister who founded the country's first African-American religious congregation in Baltimore, Maryland, in 1829. The advancement of Lang's cause from servant of God to venerable was announced by the Vatican in a decree signed on June 22nd. Elizabeth Lang, as she was named, immigrated to the United States from Cuba in the early 1800s. Recognizing the lack of education for the children of her fellow black immigrants, with a friend, she established St. Francis Academy in her own home and with her own money to offer free schooling to Baltimore's African-American children. With the support of Baltimore Archbishop James Whitfield, she founded a school for girls and then the Oblate Sisters of Providence, the first religious community for women of African descent. Lang died on February 3rd, 1882 at the age 
82 or 83. And her cause for beatification was opened over a century later in 1981 by Baltimore Cardinal William Keeler. Pope Francis also advanced June 22nd the cause of sainthood to Sister Lucia dos Santos, the eldest child to witness the Fatima apparitions. The Federal Trade Commission sued Amazon on Wednesday, alleging that the e-commerce giant has tricked millions of consumers into signing up for its Prime subscription service through deceptive user interface designs. The complaint filed in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Washington also takes aim at Amazon for allegedly trying to keep users subscribed who wish to cancel their memberships. The lawsuit marks the FTC's most significant step yet against business practices the agency says harms consumers by either luring them in or keeping them trapped using psychological gimmicks. In a statement Wednesday, Amazon called the FTC's claims false on facts and the law and said it did not receive notice before the complaint was filed. At least 80 people were injured Wednesday evening during an outdoor Lewis Tomlinson concert in Colorado when a storm carrying golf ball-sized hail moved over the stadium and relentlessly pelted the crowd. Medics raced to the Red Rocks Amphitheater just after 9 p.m. to find 80 to 90 people injured, mostly cuts but some victims with broken bones, according to West Metro Fire. Seven people were taken to a local hospital for treatment. Videos from the crowd show a chaotic scene as people were struck by the hail with victims showing off multiple welts and bruises as hail piled up on the ground and torrential rains instantly turned parts of the stadium into raging rivers. Red Rocks Amphitheater had tweeted out, a first delay for approaching storm just after 8 p.m., urging concert goers to seek shelter in their vehicles and await an all clear, which was given at 8.35 p.m. A second weather delayed was announced just after 9 p.m., again urging those there to seek shelter. The massive hailstorm struck soon after. Hailstones reaching at least two inches in diameter can fall as fast as 44 miles an hour, according to the National Weather Service. That's crazy. Isn't that incredible? Wow. Just, you know, and when you're in a concert scene like that, and I've seen pictures of Red Rock, it's an amphitheater, it's wide open. There's no cover for you to get to. And it just was such a chaotic scene. Glad that, well, the injuries... Uh, you know, appear to be more minor of sorts and, and people yeah. will take a little time to recover. But yeah. yeah. So we had a recent hailstorm here just a couple of days ago. I can't imagine what golf ball size hail would be like. And, you know, you think about not only the people who were caught in it. Yeah. All of the vehicles. Exactly. That would have been damaged, maybe broken windows and and, and dents all yeah. over. I mean, that is quite such a frightening scene. So, um, you know, prayers to those yeah. for swift recovery. Um, it will not dissuade me, though, from wanting to go to Red yeah, Rocks for a concert. Cool. That's a bucket list, I think, for me. I wonder who was playing that night. Did the, did uh, the Lewis, story say? Lewis Tomlinson. Oh, Lewis. That's right. You said Lewis Tomlinson. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I hope everybody's okay and heals up. Well, it is one thing to have alligators in your backyard, but now some residents in Florida's Boward County dealing with giant African land snails. What? Giant African land snails. It's 
That's what they're called. Okay. So much so that Florida's Department of Agriculture has issued a quarantine, meaning it is illegal to move a giant African land snail or plants, which include soil, compost, and yard waste, in or out of the area without a compliance agreement from the Ag Department, which will be treating the area with some sort of snail poison. I'm not quite sure what they're using. Ag officials say these types of snails could be devastating to Florida agriculture and natural areas as they cause extensive damage to tropical and subtropical environments. The African snails are capable of eating 500 different types of plants and can even chew through stucco and plastic. Good gracious. Yeah. Okay, so my big question is, David, exactly how giant is a giant African snail? Size of a Volkswagen. <laughs> That's a big snail. That's a big snail. No, I don't know. I didn't see a picture, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> just the sound of that. They wow. sound They sound big. They, they yeah. do sound big. It's like big. the murder hornet. In, oh, right. Because yeah. remember how big those things were? Yeah. They were they were big. So okay. uh, yeah. I'll have to look, I'll have to Google it to see how just how big they are. But I assume, you know, they're pretty good size, obviously. If they're called giant. They're, they're giant snails. They are. Well, vandals have damaged one of Oregon's most iconic lighthouses. Oregon State Police want the public's help in identifying the suspects who carried out the vandalism at Hasita Head Lighthouse last week. Surveillance video shows four people approaching the lighthouse and its buildings on June 14th at 8.45 p.m. One had a can of spray paint. Two others broke a window and attempted entry. They all fled when someone came upon them. Authorities say one building was spray painted as well as some trail signage. Anyone with information relating to this incident is asked to contact the Oregon State Police Dispatch Center. Oregon State Parks Ranger Burke Martin estimates the cost of repair of the damage, ten to $20,000. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a beautiful area too. Mm. Just sad to hear that. I have OSP says they will work diligently to ensure the safety and integrity of this iconic site. Just a way to ruin this for so many yeah, people. That's a lot on. of money that they're going to have to fix it up. And then those visitors who want to come and see that just again, such a beautiful Oregon lighthouse. Then they got to see all this damage and graffiti paint. Yeah. So Stop it. Yeah, they may catch them if they have. Such, They've got yeah. four very clear pictures of each one of them. Hi, in sports today, Portland Thorns will have two players representing the U.S. women's national team at the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. Midfielder Crystal Dunn and forward Sophia Smith were named to the 23-player roster yesterday. They will depart after Portland's home match on Friday versus the Washington Spirit, which will feature a pregame ceremony honoring all of the team's World Cup participants. University of Portland alum and American star Megan Rapino also on the U.S. squad. This is her fourth time on the squad. So uh, incredible. That's yeah, awesome. Has a stellar career. U.S. team will play a World Cup send-off game against Wales on July 9th in San Jose. Its group stage matches open World Cup play in New Zealand beginning July 21st. That'll be against Vietnam. Every match will air on either Fox or FS1. So, coming up, World Cup. Oh, World it's Cup. always fun. It's yeah. the uh, only time of year when I really follow soccer. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> In Vietnam, a remarkable woman has adopted 300 
and 46 children after overcoming a life of incredible hardship, which started when her parents left her on a doorstep as a foundling. Huynh Twin Huang, whom national media has dubbed Mother Teresa of Vietnam, runs a nonprofit organization dedicated to the adoption, support, and free offering of love, kindness to foundlings, orphans, and homeless children. Thanks to support given by donors and volunteers, these 346 children are all able to receive education, safe places to sleep and play, and the proper medical care to ensure they reach adulthood healthy. Now, Wong herself doesn't really know when she was born. An ID found on her didn't include a surname, but did say 1968. In the years following the war, an old homeless woman dedicated what was left of her life's energy towards trying to help Wong find a home, which she did in the hands of a young couple from this local city. Now, this couple, though, turned out to be not good people that abused her. Her life then became year after year of vagabondry until she found a baby girl left on her doorstep when she was about 19 years old. She adopted the child and in an act of generosity, Tian Huang met a man who helped her and gave money to help rent an apartment and start a business. When she could readily support herself and her daughter, she started volunteering at the Vietnam Relief Association, 1993, helping orphans and the elderly. Then in 2001, she founded the Q Huang Charity Center, gradually increased the number of her dependents till it passed the 300 mark. She founded the Mother Huang Foundation to support this work, and she began expanding its footprint overseas and into the United States. Mm. The Mother Teresa nice. of Vietnam. I love that title. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Saturday at 10.30 a.m. is the 50th anniversary of priestly ordination happening at St. Joseph Catholic Church in Salem. St. Joseph Parish invites all to celebrate the 50th anniversary of ordination for three beloved priests, Father James Coleman, Monsignor Richard Hunniger, and Father Kenneth Olson. Mass with a reception following. And remember, you can find details. Just go to our community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And Miriam Marston, Blazing the Trail, going to join us next. We're going to talk a little bit about summer vacations. How about that? Stay with us. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. 
Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. Hello, I'm Father Martin, a monk of Mount Angel Abbey. I want to invite you to our St. Benedict Festival on Saturday, July 8th, from noon to 4 p.m. Join us for prayer, a picnic lunch, Benedictine brewery beer and organ wines, live music, and other activities. The St. Benedict Festival is for adults 21 and over. Tickets are available now at mountangelabbey.org sbf. During June, Mater Dei Radio unites with Catholics around the world to start this summer by honoring the most sacred heart of Jesus. Grow closer to Christ during this special time through our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and a wide variety of inspiring spiritual reflections. Mater Dei Radio is also honored to take your specific intentions to the most sacred heart of Jesus through our powerful prayer hotline. Share your personal requests with our dedicated prayer team right now by clicking the pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and materdayradio.com or call the prayer hotline directly, 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737 and let us pray for you throughout the month of June as we lead souls into the most sacred heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary at Mater Dei Radio. It is 8.15 here at Mater Day Radio. We got clear skies already and a warm summer and afternoon ahead. Cool temperatures this morning going to quickly rise, topping out at 88 degrees by this afternoon. Experts are warning that river temperatures, though, still very cold. Yeah. So to please be careful if you are heading to cool off in one of our rivers nearby. Now, overnight, we're going to cool down to the upper 50s. Heading into the weekend tomorrow, looks like we're going to hit 80-degree mark with the possibility of some thunderstorms. Those high temperatures hanging at about 80 degrees through the entire weekend. Currently 61 degrees at St. Joseph's Church in Salem. And it is 60 degrees at the Sacred Heart Maronite Monastery in Castle Rock, Washington. Well, she is the host of Blazing the Trail, heard every Wednesday evening at 7.30 right here on Mater Day Radio. Anytime on the Hail Mary Media app, she is also the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. Please welcome Miriam Marston. Happy summer to you, Miriam. Happy summer, David. It's great to be on with you all this morning. So do you find yourself getting up earlier this time of year because it's so light, so early? It is. I was thinking about that just this morning, actually, because I... I, I recently moved and um, I realized just where the my new room is, um, the sun is just pouring in yes. first thing in the morning. So yes, it jolted me awake this morning, but that's okay. Brenda and I, because we, we go to bed early because we get up so early, we were talking about the benefits of blackout shades at this time of year because it, uh, it does get so light so early. So as Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church, summertime, do things slow down for you or uh, do you have other things that you're working on? Yeah, they definitely uh, slow down, especially on the weekends when we have uh, a lot of the classes for the, the family, so that's a little quieter. We keep up. Um, I 
keep going with my adult confirmation classes throughout the summer. But in general, more quiet for sure. Um, and now we're sort of just in planning mode for the fall. So that's it's a it's a welcome change in, in the pace, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is summertime and things can slow down some. And that means it's an opportunity to maybe do a little traveling, take some trips. We were talking about, I think it was last week, Brenda had a story about Bucket lists for Catholics and places to travel and things to do, which made me think about you and traveling this time of year and keeping your faith going and inspiration. Have you gone on any journeys uh, that you would say, man, that really just boosted my faith. It was so inspirational. And I thought I'll ask you that question. Maybe have some things you can share with us. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and starting young, too, I think, even before, I think, really before I, I understood things in, in terms of um, kind of even my faith or religion, just experiencing the beauty of creation and of nature. Um, I lived in the, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, so we took a few family trips up the East Coast. And there was one trip in particular when we went up to Maine, and it was uh, Camden, Maine, I believe, and there was a mm-hmm. beach called Popham Beach. And I saw the Northern Lights for the first and only time. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I've seen them. And that really made a deep impression on me, um, just witnessing something so uh, just so unusual, really drawing my attention up to the heavens. Um, that, that leaves a deep impression. Um, so, yeah, I'm grateful for those experiences. I would say the, the ones that really boosted my faith were more tied into sort of more pilgrimages. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would maybe a vacation, but I'd call it more of a pilgrimage. And um, I would say my trips to Rome um, and also Assisi, which is one of my favorite places, if not my favorite place yeah. that I think I've ever visited. Um, just a, a deep sense of peace and serenity and being able to, to leave a place like that um, with a renewed sense of God's presence in my life. So I have two questions for you. First question, what are the Northern Lights like? I've never seen them, obviously yeah. know of them, but I mean, what do they actually look like? I mean, just beautiful. They're just like these, These uh, I remember uh, mainly like the color green, some pink. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was about eight or nine sure, <laughs> when yeah. this happened, um, but just these lights just streaming through the, the starry skies, it was just... Um, I don't, I, yeah, it was just absolutely beautiful, David. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Second question, and one of the things that I, I plan to do, because I've never had an opportunity to do it, but I will do it, and that is go to Rome. And Assisi has always really intrigued me as well. I mean, I've seen, I think, some videos and photographs, and that was a location that I want to say, too, that I would love to go there. So how far is Assisi from Rome? Yeah, um, I would say I've done that trip twice, and it took a few hours on a train. Okay. Um, So it was, I mean, you have to set aside a whole day for sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it wasn't too far. So what is Assisi like, just walking around? Yeah, it's just, it's, just a, a little, just, I mean, very old city, just a small, I mean, I guess a, a town is a better name for it. Right. Um, and what's astonishing is that um, when we went, it was very crowded, and yet somehow it was still totally peaceful. I don't know how to yeah. explain it, because normally when you're in those crowds, it's it's boisterous, it's loud, but somehow it still maintained a sense of peace. Mm. Um, and there, uh, of course, there are places where you can buy things and there are stores, but it's just so deeply spiritual. I mean, you can visit 
the place where St. Francis heard the Lord's call to to rebuild his church. I mean, what what a privilege to be able to be in that spot and to feel the Lord speak to your own heart and say, I am calling you to a deeper mission in my church. It's just it's just beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. So is there actually, again, not being there, a statue of St. Francis there that you can just go Ooh, look at? Yeah. That's, a, that's a good question. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Um, I think I, I remember more the, like the cross um, that he was looking at, like you can, because uh, he was looking up at, at the crucifix. Um, so being in that spot, there's, um, let's see, uh, I think like the, the tomb of St. Francis. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. statues, but sure. I, I didn't even think to look yeah. for those. <laughs> so let me ask you here in our last couple of minutes, bucket yeah. list items. So when it comes to your faith, anything on your bucket list that you say to yourself, I really have to go there? Yeah, the, definitely the top of the list is the Holy Land, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been able to go to Rome, which is which is beautiful as a Catholic to be able to go um, somewhere. And, and I just, I went to Rome, and I've, I've shared this with you before, just that um, I felt so at home mm-hmm. in Rome, which was a, a, interesting. It's a foreign country, sure. and yet I felt completely at home. Um, but I'd love to go uh, to the Holy Land, for sure. That is at the top of the list. Yeah, that would be that would be something else. And I know there's a lot of organizations, Catholic organizations too, that they put tours together. So I, I yeah. think if if you're worried about, you know, gosh, that'd be tough to do on my own. I think there's opportunities yeah. there. You can sign up with groups. For sure. And I think it's something that I'd want to do with a group. I don't I don't think I'd want to do it by myself. Right. Yeah, it makes <laughs> yeah. it easy. Well, I know we all have our Catholic bucket list, so I hope to <laughs> I hope to get mine full at some point in time and see some of those wonderful places that bring inspiration and faith to us around the world. She is the host of Blazing the Trail, heard every Wednesday evening, seven thirty, Mater Day Radio, or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. Also the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard, Miriam Marston. Miriam, always great to talk with you. Have a great summer. I know we'll talk again soon, and enjoy the nice weather. Thank you so much, and you as well, David. God bless you. God bless. It is 824 here at Mater Day Radio. Oh, I want to go on a trip with Miriam. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. She'll have to let us know when she's going to plan a trip to the Holy Land. I want to go with Miriam. Let's to put the that Mater Day Radio tour together. I think that's an uh, excellent idea. I like that. Well, if you can't make it overseas on one of these tours, there's many wonderful events going on right here in our own community. Head over to the community calendar at materdayradio.com. Find all kinds of wonderful events. I think you can go to things today through the weekend, some wonderful events, and all summer long. You also have access to that calendar on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hi, this is Tim Staples, Senior Apologist with Catholic Answers and an adult convert to the Catholic faith, inviting Mater Day Radio listeners to join me for the 50th Annual Summer Institute in Catholic Teaching at Our Lady of Peace Retreat Center. 
As one of this year's speakers, I'm going to discuss some of the whys behind our Catholic faith, such as why be Catholic? How is man saved? I'll talk about Luther's most important question and what's all the fuss about Mary and more. I'll be there, and I hope you will too. Join Tim Staples, the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, Father Theodore Lang, and Bishop Peter Smith during this life-changing spiritual and educational retreat, July 10th through the 14th at Our Lady of Peace Retreat in Beaverton. For all the details and how to register, visit olpretreat.org. That's olpretreat.org. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio. And it is 827 on Mater Day Radio. Oregonians, get ready to pump your own gas if you want. We'll have that story for you in the news. Uh, summertime versus wintertime options available. Yes. She was the only visionary at Fatima who was able to hear the voice of the Virgin Mary. Now, she's another step closer to sainthood. I'll have her story for you coming up right after Dana Catherine and Capable. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Dana Catherine and Capable. It's 830 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Pope Francis has advanced the sainthood cause of Sister Lucia dos Santos, the eldest child to witness the Fatima apparitions. In a decree signed on June 22nd, the Pope recognized Lucia's heroic virtue and declared her venerable. The church will now need to approve a miracle attributed to her intercession before she can be beatified. Pope Francis already canonized the two other Fatima visionaries, Jacinto and Francisco Marto, in 2017. The two shepherd children who died at 11 and 10 are the youngest non-martyr saints in the church's history. Lucia, who was 10 years old at the time of the 1817 Marian apparitions, outlived the other visionaries by decades, surviving to the age of 97. As the only Fatima visionary who was able to hear the Virgin Mary speak during the series of apparitions at Fatima, her written memoirs have provided an important account of the Fatima message. Lucia's canonization cause opened in 2008, three years after her death, after Benedict XVI granted a dispensation for the usually required five-year waiting period. Well, it's been a long time coming, but on Wednesday, Oregon lawmakers voted to end the prohibition of self-serve gas in the state. Regulation has been in place since 1951. House Bill 2426, approved by the Senate yesterday, would require gas stations to staff at least half of their open pumps for people who want assistance, but it would allow other pumps to be open for self-serve. Stations are prohibited from charging different prices at self-serve and attended pumps. The bill, which passed the House in March, now goes to Governor Tina Kotek to be signed into law. It would take effect immediately once signed. Now, the legislation would end Oregon's long run as one of two states that require attendance to pump gasoline, the other being New Jersey. In 2015, the state legalized self-serve gas at night in some rural and coastal Oregon counties. Then in 2017, it expanded that rule to all rural counties. So I always felt that Oregon separated itself in two ways from other states, from, yes. from most other states. I, I, I okay. got a couple holdouts like New Jersey for self-serve. So one of those was no self-serve gas. Okay. The other, you know what it is? What? No sales tax. And no sales tax. And no You're sales right. tax. Those are the two things. I always thought Oregon separated itself from other states across the nation. Still no sales tax, thankfully. <gasps> okay, but you got to pump your own. You don't have to pump your own you gas. You don't have to. I think that that's still, you could still consider Oregonian uh, that uh, you can get full serve gasoline at no additional charge. Yeah, yeah. yeah there I, you go. The way the law is written, yeah, I, I, that's, that's fine. That. Yeah, if you want to pump your own, go for it. Especially when it's late and cold in Ye- December. Yes. It's going to be a long line at that pump. On Saturday, June 24th, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., several pro-life organizations will be leading a national Celebrate Life Day rally to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Now, Roe v. Wade was the 1973 landmark court decision that legalized abortion nationwide, but was overturned on June 24th, 2022, by the Dobbs v. Jackson Women Health Organization decision. 
The rally is set to take place from 10.30 a.m. to noon. There will be a ticketed gala at 7 o'clock at the nearby Renaissance Hotel. Former Vice President and current presidential candidate Mike Pence will be speaking at the rally. Sean Carney, 40 Days for Life, told Catholic News Agency in early June that the rally is a significant event for Catholics because Roe versus Wade was overturned on the Feast of the Sacred Heart in 2022. Now, the search for the missing submersible on an expedition to view the wreckage of the Titanic past the critical 96-hour mark this morning when breathable air could have run out. The Titan submersible was estimated to have about a four-day supply of breathable air when it launched Sunday morning in the North Atlantic, but experts have emphasized that was an imprecise approximation to begin with and could be extended if the five passengers on board have taken measures to conserve breathable air, and it's not known if they survived since the sub's disappearance. Rescue efforts do continue, the U.S. Coast Guard said, an undersea robot sent by a Canadian ship had reached the sea floor, while a French research institute said a deep diving robot with cameras, lights, and arms also joined the operation. You know, I keep looking at the news feeds just, you know, in the hopes. It, prayer. I have yeah. been checking all day yesterday, and first thing before I got in my car this morning, I checked it again. Yeah. Oh, I, I just, I, I pray for the, the a miraculous outcome. Yeah. Please. Well, the small earthquake was recorded in Vancouver Lake, about six miles north of Vancouver. USGS reported a magnitude 2.6 earthquake in Vancouver Lake in southwest Washington Wednesday afternoon. The small earthquake happened around 2.01 p.m. and had recorded at a depth of about 2.6 miles. On the USGS website for the quake, three people reported feeling it hmm. as of 2.30 p.m. Yeah, that's so, interesting. You know, there are some people who also may have felt it and not recognized right. that what they had felt was the earthquake. I like what you said. If you happened to be at, at Vancouver Lake uh, at that time, would you have seen a big yeah. ripple? A little ripple across the water. That's odd. Why, is there, why did the water just ripple like that? It makes sense. Yeah, it's like a fish jumped. Oh, and and you might even get a little more than that. Although uh, it was a large earthquake when Scott and I were living in Northern California in Eureka, we had a couple of really three really big earthquakes, one major earthquake, two big aftershocks and about a third of our fish tank just kind of started swaying and then dumped all the way out onto the ground. The fish tank stood still. It's just the wave from the fish tank came out. Did the and, fish uh, fish go out with the fish, wave? Fish were down low. They were like, what's going on yeah. here? And they hit the ground, and it was a little bit of a mess to clean up. Yeah, I bet. Well, in sports, many eyes will be on the Portland Trailblazers as the team prepares for the NBA draft that gets started 5 p.m. televised on ABC this evening. Blazers have the number three pick in the draft. Question is, what will Portland do with the high pick? Trade it for more veteran players? Or stand pat with the selection. So I'm really interested to see what they're going to do here. Because it could go either way. Okay. So I I don't know. Lots of speculation just at this point. San Antonio Spurs have the top pick and are expected to take French phenom. Victor Wembenyama. Charlotte has the second pick, followed by Portland. Last night at Providence Park, the Portland Timbers fell to the Chicago Fire 2-1. Not much rest for the Timbers. They host New York FC on Saturday night. 
Do you remember when what would Jesus do was a popular phrase? It still is in some circles, even in the late 2000s when everyone was wearing the rubber bracelet that had WWJD printed on them. The way it is phrased, though, makes it sound like Jesus is simply an historical figure or somehow removed from our situation who we recall to make a moral decision. It's the equivalent of asking What would Abraham Lincoln do? Mm -hmm. Luke Brown at Catholic.org says the reality is that Jesus is not restricted to history or somehow removed from us, but is present in every moment of our lives. At Pentecost, Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit, always, and guiding us towards heaven constantly. A better way to phrase it, he says, is Jesus, what are you doing? When we are faced with this difficult decision, where is Jesus? in our heart at that moment. When suffering is present, where is Jesus in the midst of that suffering? This differently worded phrase, Jesus, what are you doing? Has the language of turning to God and being mindful of his presence in our daily lives. Being mindful of God's presence helps us to keep our identity centered as beloved children of God. So consider reflecting on this different phrasing in your prayer life and see if it helps you to remember that the Holy Spirit is present in every moment of the day. So those rubber bracelets, they used to be pretty big. They, they a lot of different things. Lots of organization yeah. had rubber I, bracelets. I don't know if I see them that much anymore. Not they kinda, so much. Yeah, kind of ran out of steam, I guess. I think everybody realized that they um, were not very hygienic and they had oh. some troubles that way. <laughs> okay. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Sunday at 10.30 a.m. is the Celebrate Life Rosary and Mass at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Portland. To mark the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, there will be a Celebrate Life Mass with Archbishop Sample at 11 a.m. Especially Rosary for Life will be prayed before Mass. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. So he is the new state deputy for the Oregon Knights of Columbus. You will hear from him right after the forecast. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. 
Information on our leadership circle at materdayradio.com. And it is 842 at Mater Day Radio. Well, this is the upper end of warm today. So on your scale. That's right. on, my, warm, on the Brenda scale you know, of yeah. uh, heat advisory. War, warm to hot. Uh, 88 degrees, your projected high, sunny skies. Clear overnight tonight, low of 58. And then for Friday, 83 degrees. Slight chance of a thunderstorm tomorrow, so have to watch for that. Saturday, mostly sunny, 78. Currently 64 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. And 66 degrees at St. James Church in McMinnville. Their generous devotion of time and treasure can be found throughout the Archdiocese. And charity is at the heart of the work of the Knights of Columbus. Well, they come from many places, backgrounds, and stages in life, but... They are all of one faith. There is a new state deputy of the Knights of Columbus for the state of Oregon. Kenneth Anderson is joining me this morning to tell you more about what the Knights are doing right in their own neighborhoods all across the state of Oregon. Good morning, Ken. Thanks so much for joining us on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for having me this morning, Brenda. I really appreciate it. Uh, I grew up here in Oregon locally. Um, I grew up in Corvallis. And I've basically been aware of the Knights of Columbus since I was a young boy. Uh, I remember I was a Boy Scout and would get a lot of the religious emblems at the cathedral. And I would always see the Knights of Columbus come in the fourth degree. Uh, And that was my very first experience at the Knights. And I remember thinking to myself, I want to do that someday. Oh, for sure. Many years later, uh, here I am. So when I was about 20 years old, um, a brother from Corvallis approached me after daily mass one morning, and he basically asked me, isn't it about time you joined the Knights of Columbus? And I said, you bet it is. And so I filled out the application and joined the Knights. I very quickly um, got tasked with starting a college council at Oregon State University, where I served as Grand Knight for a year and a half. Um, and then after that, I quickly was appointed district deputy for the Corvallis area with Albany and Lebanon. Um, and then by this time, I had uh, started working full-time at Intel Corporation in Hillsboro. So I basically moved to the Portland area. So I was reassigned district deputy for some of the northern Portland councils. Um, and then the following cycle was coming for um, for state officer positions. And so I ran for state warden and was elected and served as state warden for a couple of years. After that, I served as state secretary for a couple of years. I'm currently finishing out my term as state secretary. Um, And at the 2023 Oregon State Convention in Hermiston back in April, I was elected as state deputy for the 2023-2024 fraternal year. Wow, congratulations, Ken. That is incredible. And I must say, I am so impressed. Not to say that there is a certain age limit that Knights of Columbus are, but it's not typical that we see younger knights dedicated to their faith and the work of charity that the Knights of Columbus do. And it's wonderful, well, to hear your story and know that, like I said in the opening, from every stage of life, our knights are there to help serve. Ken Anderson is joining me today. He is the new state deputy for the Knights of Columbus, the state of Oregon. Ken, what will that involve then now as the state representative? What is your role and task in order to serve the fraternal organization? Well, yeah, so my full title is actually State Deputy Supreme Knight. And that means that I will represent the Supreme Knight, Patrick Kelly, at the state level. 
and that means that I'm going to help guide and lead the state of Oregon based on the Supreme Knight's vision and goals and direction for the order. I'm going to work with the other team of state officers and help guide the local council and come up with creative ways to move the Knights of Columbus vision forward. I will be encouraging and inspiring local councils to do amazing things and encourage them to invite other men to join and participate in the incredible work we do, especially younger men. You know, Brenda, you had mentioned a little bit earlier that, um, that the Knights of Columbus is for all Catholic men, 18 and older, um, with a wide variety of ages. And definitely one of the goals of the Knights of Columbus right now is also really to encourage more young men to join the order and get engaged with the activities and programs that the order offers. And we've really been working on tailoring the order in order to be more appealing to young Catholic men and the type of activities and programs and faith formation that they need. Ken, I can't help but think that the men who are Knights of Columbus, they evangelize their own families through works. It's one thing to tell your kids, we're going to be a faithful family, but it's a whole other thing to say, we're going to be a faithful family and we're going to go with the Knights of Columbus and we are going to support this pro-life activity, or we are going to go to the homeless shelters and help those in need. I mean, that's really about putting your faith into action. That's what the Knights are doing all the time, isn't it? Absolutely. Faith in Action is our programs. And so basically one of the things that we've been talking about as a state officer team this year is that we really want to focus on getting more families involved with the Knights of Columbus as well. And so I think it really is meaningful when a whole family can see their husband and father getting involved in these good works and programs. Um, Unfortunately, there are so many negative things out there in the world that um, people can get caught up in. And so I think that when you have an organization like the Knights of Columbus, that is a positive opportunity where you can get men to bring their families and get them involved in good, wholesome Catholic activities. And I think that this will have a much more positive influence on society today. Oh, exactly. And of course, as uh, the good deacon and I, we have four kids at home that we raise. Of course, they're much older now, but being able to do projects like this together as a whole family, rather than seeing it as, oh, dad's a night and he's going to be gone all day at a special event. It, it changes everything, especially for a younger family. So I encourage our young families, men who are listening, please consider joining the nights today. You are a busy group of people. And as I said, charity is at the heart of the work of the Knights of Columbus. Tell our listeners a little bit about what some of the work the Knights have been able to accomplish here, uh, right here in Oregon, and what are some of the things you have coming up? Yeah, so we've always been very supportive of um, ultrasound machine initiatives, and so we've been working with other councils to fundraise enough money to install various ultrasound machines around in uh, pregnancy resource centers. And um, we've also been really big on coats for kids. We've always, every year we've exceeded our previous year um, in, in giving out coats for kids. We have so many other programs. We also started this new program called ASAP, which sta- stands for Aid and Support After Pregnancy. Um, and this is a program for women after they give birth to their children. Um, so this is also a very strong pro-life activity. Um, the Knights of Columbus are always in full force at the March for Life rally. 
and we are very much looking forward to being there in full force again this next upcoming year. Um, we have so many other family-related activities and formation-related activities. We're also focusing on um, having more faith and encouraging more faith in the order. So we're going to be having more holy hours together, sponsored by the Knights of Columbus, as well as other formative talks that are open to the families as well. Um, and we're going to make all these events kid-friendly and family-friendly so that we have enough to offer for everybody. Absolutely perfect. And in this time of Eucharistic revival that the United States is going for, boy, the Knights of Columbus are right there to ensure that that is offered. Those beautiful holy hours are offered for our families. Well, Ken, again, it's wonderful to talk to you. Congratulations on the new post and look forward to having you on the morning show this year. Uh, For those who are listening, who are ready to take that step saying, you know what, I've heard this time and time again on the radio. There's the uh, nights at my parish that continue to encourage me to join in. For those who are listening are ready to enroll and join and become a Knights of Columbus, where can they go to find out that information and start that enrollment process? Yes, absolutely. I, I also would like to personally say that I very, very strongly encourage every single Catholic man to consider joining the Knights of Columbus. Knights of Columbus is open to any Catholic man who's 18 years of age or older, um, and it's very easy to join. All you have to do is go to kfc.org slash join, and it will take you to the online application. Um, it will ask you for the parish name and city, um, and if you happen to know the council number in your area, it will also give you the opportunity to provide that local council number. Uh, If you don't know the local council number, that's okay too. Just type in your parish name in your city and it will direct you to the Knights of Columbus locally and help you get active in that local council. Again, I I would like to strongly encourage every, every Catholic man to become who you were born to be. Oh, Amen to that. Well, Ken, thank you so much for your time today again, and thank you for all of the work that you do as the Knights of Columbus and to all of your brother Knights. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And again, that is Ken Anderson. He is the state deputy for the Knights of Columbus for the state of Oregon. I will be sure to add information uh, about joining the Knights of Columbus that Ken just offered. Find that link on the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. It is 8.53 at Mater Day Radio, and one way you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio. Just go to our Get Involved menu, click on Vehicle Donation. All the information is right there. A couple of forms to fill out. You're good to go. Likely tax deduction for you as well. It is Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including... 
True North Retirement Advisors. Financial planning and investment management to help you retire with confidence. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors partners with you to find clarity, build a plan, and invest with your Catholic values in mind. Scheduling a free consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 855 at Mater Day Radio, your second day of summer forecast, sunny, 88 degrees. That's a nice summer day. Mostly clear overnight tonight, low of 58, then a eh, slight chance of a thunderstorm tomorrow, high of 83 for Friday. Saturday looking nice again, mostly sunny. High of 78. Currently 63 degrees in the Rose City. It's already shaping up to be a beautiful mm-hmm. day. Here, we're going to close the show today now with I Am They and From the Day. You are listening to The Morning Blend with David and Brenda right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. sin was before me, I was swallowed by pride. But out of the darkness, you brought me to your light. You showed me new mercy and opened up my eyes. From the day you saved my soul, It's all around And 
That is I Am They and From the Day. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to the Morning Blend today, David and Brenda. We do appreciate it. So today is National Kissing Day and National Onion Ring Day, (laughs) which I find an interesting combination there. Well, if you are going to give a kiss to someone you love and have onion rings, (laughs) you better both be eating onion rings today. And I will tell you, too, there might be some deals to be had out there on onion rings today. So check that out if you love onion rings. I do love onion rings. Today's your day. There is a big difference between the good ones and the bad ones, for sure. That is going to wrap it up for us today on The Morning Blend. Have a very blessed day.